I really enjoyed Candyman. I gotta say, Lucy's looking at me right now. Um, and I think, I think at the end, I was like, wait a second, Candyman never he never killed a white person. I mean, he never killed a black person at all. But then I thought about it. There was a scene where Candyman did kill one black person early on, but maybe it was like there was a different energy to Candyman because like. There was the laundromat guy who was keeping the spell of candy. Well, I guess I'm okay. Well, we'll, it was fun, but I was a little confused about some of the, some of the casting magic being used. And I feel like they should have had someone like you on set to like, sort of at least, you know, run these questions where they could be, you could kind of jolt in and go, well, I, this may sound trivial, but I feel like there would have been a little better answer there. You know, I don't know. There's at least logic when it comes to like, "Quote unquote real magic." Uh, yeah, where the movies sometimes don't. I'm sure they had their reasons. I'm not doubting their logics, but it, it, for me, I was I was a little, in my knowledge, my little knowledge, I was a little caught off guard by it. Yeah, I'm not very. I, I was really, thinking I should text Peter to see if this is, but then I was like, it's also an entertainment film. It's not. This isn't a big deal. Right. No problems. This was a long ass weekend, Peter. Like the longest. Do you understand? Was it longer than the seven fight weekend? In some ways, yes. Uh, in in some senses, yes, I think. I mean, it was the same length. It was the same length, and I didn't wrestle as much. But as far as time goes, as far as distance goes, uh, yeah, it was it was exhausting. It was long. It was good. I started on vacation, though. That's why I'm like sort of like questioning, was this even that intense? It wasn't that intense. It was very rewarding. It was just it was just as long because I went I didn't even go to L.A. first. I went to Palm Springs. Are you familiar? Is that Florida? No, Palm Springs is uh, it's California, and it's if you make I guess, a, I guess I'm not familiar. No, if you make a line from L.A. to Phoenix, and then you make a line from San Diego to Las Vegas, it's where those lines intersect. Is where Palm Springs is, and it was kind of created as like a like a Hollywoody vacation town where you go, hey, we're getting out of the city, whatever that city may be, and you go to Palm Springs, hmm. and so there's all these like really kitschy old style hotels. Uh, it's very gay. A lot of gay nudist resorts. Was this where the dinosaur photo? On the way there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The dinosaurs. I, saw, I know the vibe then. Yeah, from Pee Wee Herman's uh, first film, Large Marge Sent Me. I did get pictures of the dinosaur. I really enjoyed that. They had them dress up for Halloween, though. So they had one dress as Fred Flintstone. One dress as... What was the dino's name? It's not Bam Bam. That's the kid. It doesn't matter. Was the Brontosaurus, Dino, maybe Dino the Wasn't Dino. Dino that's, the Dino. That seems about yeah, Hanna Barbera's right. speed there. Um, that was really pleasant. But we literally, I went in with the intention. You know, Jimmy came with me, and Matt came with me, and a couple other people. Matt Justice, that is Jimmy Lloyd, that is. Uh, and we wanted to just kind of get the relaxation going. And their idea was, hey, we're going to go out to uh, Slab City in the morning and see the sunrise. Which Slab City is like unincorporated America. There's no laws. It's where everybody drifts off to after they've been at Burning Man too long, like that kind of situation. Uh, but we ended up hanging out and chilling too, so hard and just snacking and watching dumb videos that we ended up going to bed at a reasonable time. Palm Springs was beautiful. The desert sun was out. You know, we were cooking in the pool. We just vibed. We vibed. And I even, we stayed in Palm Springs a while that next day, but we ended up, we ended up going back to LA that night pretty late. But like, you sort of have to, you don't have to segment things by like, oh, now it's time to go to bed. You sort of segment things by like, okay, well, I'm in the next scenario. I'm in the next scene. Like Palm Springs was a scene, but like immediately getting in LA, it's like you get this extra wind in your heart 
because all everybody's landing, everybody's showing up. So we just like cashed down to the warehouse, and it was sort of like, who's gonna come in here? Who's gonna walk in? And all of a sudden, like, and you don't, you know, you don't really know these people, Peter, but the people listening know who these people are that I'm bringing up. And the warehouse became kind of our central location near the beach, easy spot, nondescript. So, you know, we show up and we got, you know, Jimmy and Matt Justice are, are there. They finally made it back. Mance Warner lands, AJ Gray lands, Emil J shows up, Deathmatch legend Alex Cologne shows up. We got a lot of people like just chilling in the house. Curly Joe shows up. You met my new gardener friend, Curly Joe. Oh, yes. How do you feel about uh, his products? I would say it is <laughs> my ability to not come up with what it is is a side effect of what it is. Yeah, so, because the flowers are so beautiful to see that it leaves you almost speechless. Curly Joe, shout out to Curly Joe. Uh we were all vibing. We I were gave good. him a compliment earlier, but fuck me if I can remember what it was. It was yeah, we were. We, there was something about how it reminded the flowers reminded us of uh, some dense cabbage. It was good. It was nice. But whatever, we're all chilling there. We're going for it. And I think like later in the weekend, it's always funny to me because you know the SGC guys, Mance and me and Justice and AJ that are showing up there. We operate at a particular speed on the weekends where we're like, we're only going to get to see each other all weekend. We're staying up as long as we can. We're partying as long as we can. We're chilling and talking and vibing and just being friends as long as we can because that's when Mm -hmm. we get to see each other. And Cologne, I think two days later, tweeted, those SGC guys really never sleep. And he wasn't wrong. Uh, But that night, I mean, it was was a chill night because we didn't even have a show. Like I said, I kind of came into LA earlier than I usually do because it was like, do I really want to run around town? No, I want to... Take my time. I want to get where I need to be. And so I went out. Friday is when I saw Candyman. I went with one of the producers, Mike, of the show. I went with his girlfriend. I took her on a date for him because he was like, I got to go set the show up. So we're going to see Candyman. We both had snack coupons. It was luxury. It was nice. And it was a good Friday morning before like the hubbub of everything because that L.A. show was insane. It was one of the... I had to pull... I pulled Nick Wayne aside. Nick Wayne is 16. His dad was a wrestler, Buddy Wayne, legend, trained a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle area. And I pulled Nick Wayne aside at one point during the show, and we'll go backlog on the show and get up there. Um, I said, this is the craziest locker room I've ever been in. This is like, If you say the names out loud, it's insane. And I said, take this in. Make sure you take this in visually and you snapshot this, because people will ask you about this probably 10 years from now, being a part of this locker room. Um the show is in the Ukrainian Cultural Center, which is where it was last time. We mm. talked about L.A. the last time. We've talked about L.A. on here. And the thing is, we will constantly be talking about similar locations as long as they are coming out to see Effie and coming out and supporting these shows. Um, but it's always such a beautiful building to wrestle in. And it's all gold. And we took the responsible path of selling a couple less tickets this time just so people wouldn't be so uncomfortable in the room. Because it's a long show. It was a long-ass show. It was like a three-and-a-half-hour show. But I'm going to run down like some of the people that were on this card. So obviously, you know, Jonathan Gresham, who is the Ring of Honor Pure Champion or just lost the Pure Championship, he was there facing Minoru Suzuki. And Minoru Suzuki, are you familiar with this guy at all? No. I've been shit talking to him a little bit because I know he won't see it. Uh, he's sort of known as Murder Grandpa. Um, okay. And he comes out, he has no knee pads, he has black shoes. In relation to Lucky Grandma? Lucky Grandma and Murder Grandpa could tag team here, and it would be sick. They would definitely take on the Yakuza or whatever gang was after them. That's who was after Lucky Grandma. I'm not just saying that because they're Japanese. 
they were after Lucky Grandma in the movie. So Murder Grandpa may be able to help. But he's sort of doing this tour right now in the U.S. where, hey, the borders let him out of Japan. And he's can... the very serious gentleman I see on your Twitter. Uh, Japanese fella, older, yeah. probably. But he's not always very serious. And that's what I think people are forgetting, too, because he's doing this sort of run of the U.S. as I, what I believe is sort of a talent scouting. Let's see who we want to bring over to Japan when it's fully clear to do so. You know, if they can work with Suzuki, they can probably do anything over here kind of thing. And all of these matches sort of have this air of like reverence to them, I think, that I like it disgusts me. Um, and I hate to put it that way because I'm always like defending wrestling as this like high art. Uh, but there's, I don't feel the emotional heat from a lot of it. And like Gresham and Suzuki had an incredible match. But I also think like, if John Gresham had just been like, I'm going to beat your ass, you old motherfucker, get out of our business. You're too old for this shit, and I'm going to show you your place. I think it would have also been like a 12-star match. And that's like, I'm waiting for the people that will do that. And he's like, he's going to fight Homicide on Friday, which Homicide is a, I mean, a pretty murdery guy. He stabbed me in the face with a fork one time, uh, caused me to bleed my own blood a little bit. It's a lot with, with, uh, with Homicide. So maybe that one will have a little more on it. But publicly, I haven't seen anyone who's gotten these matches with you know, supposedly this man who's going to kill them and this murder man, this murder grandpa, Lucy, Lucy, you gotta, you gotta get down. The people have to hear about this. Lucy's up here kissing me. I want someone to just like cut one 30 second promo. I'm not saying I even want to match them. I don't care. There's these other people. This is like in their scrapbook. This is in their memoirs. They need this for their bucket list. They need this for their memory boards. I don't need that shit. I'm my, everybody says, what's your dream match? Peter, you know, my dream match. My dream match is two million down and two million after. Like that's that's how I describe dream matches. These cats, they want it in their heart and they want to have these moments, and it's beautiful. And I think there's <laughs> your dream match is the Monopoly guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let me fight that guy and just take all the take all the good chance cards, and just keep cashing them in on him and making him fall back down. Uh, he his tag team partner, the the Planners Peanut guy, and they ride in on hungry hungry hippos together. Yes. And they just attack us. This is, we're already booking the territory, brother. I want someone to just be like, hey, you old man, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to tear you up. I don't give a damn who you are. Because to me, like, pro wrestling is not like, oh, let's all, let's all clap our hands together in honor and respect. And like, it's a wedding. Like, reverence. You know what I mean? Like, reverence. Mm -hmm. I fucking, I take this art seriously. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think everyone has something that I can pull out of them to make really interesting stuff happen. And I'm not saying I'm like, you know, some magic wrestling wizard, but I find joy in creating the juxtaposition art. I love that. And I just want someone to be like, you old piece of shit. I'll be either way. We got off topic. Please bring the fucking heat to this old man. He's still a pro wrestler. And if he wants to get in the ring, he's treated like everyone else. Don't be nice to him. Hit him as hard as, as you want. That's what he wants. He was on the show. He's a legend. And John Gresham, legend, incredible wrestler. But then there was also a match between my good bud, Ring of Honor superstar, who they haven't signed him, which is so confusing to me permanently. I don't know. It's really weird. Uh, versus Ron Funches. You know who Ron Funches is? I know who Ron Funches is. I have found real pleasure in getting to be around Ron Funches more, getting to talk to him sort of one-on-one. -on -one. And he helped me out in a bind one time and really put me in the right direction. And I will forever be grateful for that. But beyond all that, he's going to fight Tony Deppin. And what people didn't know was like, Funches trained for this shit. Funches 
went to Santino Brothers. Funch has learned moves. Funch has got in shape. Funch has like lost a ton of weight before this and has really put his focus on making sure that if he's going to come into wrestling, the same way if he's going to come into comedy, if he's going to come into anything, he's coming with pure intention and, you know, putting all of himself into it to not say, oh, I'm just going to go do the Donald Trump versus Vince McMahon. Somebody's getting their head shaved thing where right. Donald Trump takes sloppy stunners and it's a long, you know, it's long gone, but it, they keep showing it. Uh, this match ended up being probably the greatest booking I've ever seen. And I got to just watch it from the back with Mance Warner, who, you know, the Southern psychopath from Bucks, North Tennessee, he's a wild man. And as this match progresses, not only does Ron Funches come out with Paul Shear of the league and my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts ever, how did this get made? Which I immediately, what's so funny is if you see in the entrance, Paul Shear's in a full, uh, gospel church robe and holding mm -hmm. a candle coming out with Ron Funches. So he's standing there with all this gimmick and he's in it. And I was like, Hey man, I'm in pantyhose and pleather. I was like, man, I've, I listen to your podcast a lot when I'm driving to shows and stuff. And you know, it's great to see you here. And I think he was overwhelmed so much by everything happening at this wrestling show. Like, Sorry to break the luxury. We're we're in like a we're in like a back alley with a portage on. That's where everyone's changing, the legends and not legends. And we're just having a conversation looking weird as shit. They're on a team, Tony's on a team. For some reason, Dan Housen shows up, who's my good buddy, who's a, a you know, very nice and very evil. And then for some other reason, my tag team partner from Bussy, Alley Catch, is on commentary. And she runs in there. I guess Paul Shear changed sides during this match. He did a heel turn, right? He was on Tony Deppin's team. And she didn't like that because she doesn't like Tony Deppin because I think she lost a match to him. I watched some of it. It was during War Games. So she runs in with a knife after Paul Shear, and I'm going, Allie, 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 Allie. Because it's not like, you know, like if she goes in there and stabs like Chris Dickinson, like he'll beat her ass, he'll be okay. He'll be like, Allie, don't do that shit to me. That's not cool, but he's like a wrestler. If you stab Paul Shear, like you're going to get arrested because TMZ will have this footage in like two minutes. And she's like just chasing this man around the Ukrainian cultural center with a knife. And I'm over here with Manser and Manser's going, just let it get, let her get it out of her system. And I'm like, Oh my God. But Funches, man, Funches came through. He did crazy moves. It was insane. But I'm just thinking through the rest of this card. Like, as I've said it as historic, my match versus two cold Scorpio has to be discussed. And I, I mentioned this slightly to you. And maybe I'm maybe I'm bullshitting. And there's a lot of earthquakes in Los Angeles. But dude, when we came in the room, when we made our entrances, that room was booming. And then I got down and I did a spin a Rooney, which is like this weird kind of semi breakdancing move that this guy Booker T used to do all the time in the ring. But I know that Two Cold Scorpio, who he's an older gentleman now, he's been wrestling for 35 years or something, 30, you know, a long time. He used to wrestle in WWE as Flash Funk, and he was like a cool breakdancer. So I knew if I put him on the spot with some breakdance moves, he would have to come back and like beat my ass with breakdancing, right? And so I look at him, and I make eye contact, and he go, he told me after, he goes, I, I looked at you, motherfucker, and I said, he's not going to make me dance right now, is he? And I looked at it, and I said, oh, yeah, and I did it, and I landed it. And I've done them four times in matches, but no one's ever, like, clipped it properly to where I've gotten good footage. So I was like, oh, all eyes on me, baby. Let's start, let's start this thing hot. And I swear to God, that man came in and just outdanced me 300%. 300% blew it up. Lucy, you listen, baby. What is it? Am I telling too much? Am I telling too much, Lucy? Lucy. So we finished this dance off, and I think what people forget when they're on wrestling shows is 
It is very important to look around you in the room at who paid to be there. There are very different types of people, as you can guess. And so when you're looking around the room, I'm seeing, okay, well, there's a lot of real wrestling fans here, like hardcore wrestling fans, but there's like also a real lot of people who are like, oh yeah, like there's a wrestling thing, like come out in LA, it's cool. And people are finding out and they're hearing that this is a good time. It's not that expensive. We got drinks. And I'm going, they're going to love this dance-off. We had a, a great wrestling match. We did all the wrestling stuff. A lot of personality, but a lot of real wrestling. And he beat me, which is fine. He's a legend. He's worked everywhere. But I get to the back, and immediately people are like, did you hear? And I was like, what? Like, did you hear what happened? I was like, what? He said there was an earthquake 17 miles from here. One a huge earthquake, 4.4. Somebody said it didn't measure at one point at a 6.9, and I understood that right away. You know, because it's 69. Because yeah. it's like... You know, well, okay, there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. And I think me and Two Cold Scorpio, with our dance ability and powerful energy, I think we may have split the earth. What's the significance of the Scorpio and Two Cold Scorpio? Well, I don't really know. I imagine he, I don't know. It's a cool name. Is he just a Scorpio? Should we look up his birthday right now? Yeah. All right, I'm going to look his birthday up. Hold on. Let's get this right because. We should uh we should one hundred percent know. His two. Scorpios got their they have their own All right. Uh October twenty fifth, is that Scorpio? October twenty fifth. Yeah, yes, uh, Scorpio is in between October and November. Oh my goodness. Listen to us. Okay. Our friend Will is, his birthday is November fifth and he's a Scorpio. Okay, okay. Yeah, ambition, passion, and composure. But let's see. I mean, if we're really going to get into this, let's let's see. Gemini and Scorpio, earthquake. Let's just see. I mean, let, I mean, that sounds blunt, but predicting earthquakes using astrology. Ooh, this could be real. And we're right before the the full moon. I don't know, man. I think it's worth discussing and looking into deeper. Uh, but it does seem to does seem to be a thing that's possible going back. I'm going to keep going through this card though, because I, and shout out to cold Scorpio. What a moment. Oh, I do have to tell you this about two cold Scorpio. And I mentioned it on my Twitch show while you're looking this up, but, and Peter, I just realized you won't even, there will be no significance of this to you, but it will blow people's minds. Uh, I, I called a spot with two cold Scorpio and I said, I might do this. And if you guys want to protect your kayfabe, imagine this, imagine two guys are in agreement to fight each other. And they said, Hey man, I might do this. Hey man, I might do this. And we're shit talking. So there's how you cover it. I said, uh, something with the nipples and we were working through it. And Scorpio looked at me and he goes, you know who I used to do nipple spots with on the house shows? I said, who? He said, Masawa. And I said, what? He said, I used to do nipple spots with Masawa. Masawa is known as like the strongest of strong style wrestlers and the true Japanese strong style spirit. And the man died in the ring. The man like gave his whole life for wrestling. And so the purest wrestling dudes are like Misawa is the God, the God of wrestling, the, the one who truly gave himself to wrestling. And this man comes up to me and says, you know who I used to do nipple spots with? Oh yeah, that guy. That guy's who I used to do nipple spots with. And I was sort of just like, y'all can't tell me shit now. Two Colt Scorpio, 35-year legend, is telling me he used to run the same kind of spots with Misawa, who y'all all worship and kiss his feet. Girl, Effie's on the right path. I'm feeling it. They also had a death match that night. Uh, G Raver and Alex Cologne, just blood and ladders and broken shit and barbed wire. And 
a lot of these people, like I said, it's casual a little bit. So they're like, Oh my, what am I seeing? I always, I judge a death match by how many people walk out of it. So like in Chicago, there was that one where like seven people walked out. I didn't see that many people walk out during this one. It, it was still very brutal, but I think that people were also like, I mean, the, the rest of the show has been, you know, just pro wrestling. Right. And then they sort of got caught in the wind of it and we're like, Oh my God, what am I seeing? So you've got these deathmatch dudes. You have Nick fucking gauge on the show who ran it at the end to try to fight Minoru Suzuki. Cause I guess he was just mad. You had a crazy scramble with, and you know, we could list them all day. You had Mance and justice and AJ gray taking on a 16 and 18 and a 22 year old throwing them through doors. Those kids gave their heart. Starboy Charlie shout out Nick Wayne shout out. And Lucas Riley, big shout out Lucas Riley, SoCal. They're going to know, man. They're going to know. He's too good. They showed out in the match. Starboy Charlie also ran out later in the night because Fatu, Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf, who is also on this card, fought. I love that name. Oh, he's incredible. He has the legacy. He said, everybody used to come eat turkey ass at my dad's house. I said, what's turkey ass? He goes, it's the ass of a turkey and you fry it up real good and it's delicious. I said, perfect. Starboy Charlie ran out there to like protect his daddy, Chris Dickinson, which Starboy Charlie's 18 and small. And he's a, you know, a kid who's been wrestling a while, but he's, you know, he's 18 now. And he tapped out Chris Dickinson, who's like new Japan ring of honor, tough guy wrestler, like is known to hit you pretty damn hard. But then Starboy Charlie ran out to protect him, even though he tapped him out and they had their differences. He ran out to protect him. And it was, it was heartwarming. It like, really, I was like, Oh my God, go Charlie. But he got his ass kicked. Cause I mean, it's a Samoan werewolf. What, what the fuck do you expect? But the heart was there and it was magic. I'm trying. There's like, Oh, Alex Zane is back from WWE and he was there. I kind of ribbed him and was like, Hey bud, do you, do you remember me from, uh, he, he went and worked there for like eight months and I was like playing it like we'd never met or maybe you don't remember me, sir. We were on a show together, uh, Mr. Zane. And I think that popped him a little bit, I hope. But he fought Jordan Oliver, who's incredible. There was just, it was so nonstop the amount of good matches happening on this show. And I'm, I'm forgetting matches that even happened on this show. And it's, it was insane. You got Funches and Sheer and all these X-Pacs hanging out backstage, chilling. I got to see uh, uh, Dave Marquez, my friend Dave Marquez, who he's running a show in Atlanta October 7th on that Thursday at Center Stage, so we might get you out to there to shoot. Uh, it was incredible. What a backstage. I saw Kathy Kelly for a second. Shout out Kathy Kelly. Uh, and afterwards, you know, someone had it in their mind that we were going to drive to San Diego that night. Cause we were going there the next day for the show. I was like, dog, it's midnight and I'm not going to San Diego right now. I'm not doing it. So we said, okay, headquarters again, same group of guys, but we also had the Samoans with us, the Tongans with us, big juicy, shout out big juicy. Now juicy is the only man I've seen walk into a casino with a full 24 pack of beer, sit down at a gambling spot, not spend a dollar and no one will say anything. Cause he's a 400 pound dude from the islands named Juicy. And you're not going to do anything about it, but he's with Fatu and they're going to be tag teaming now. Uh, and we went up on the roof of this building. So it was like all of us, like a lot of guys on the roof. And I was like, holy shit, are they going to get up here? It was fine. The building held us all. It was beautiful. But we got to hang out with them, which was magic, incredible. I don't, I, you know, I haven't gotten to hang out with Fatu a lot. So it was good that we got to chill and have our, have our moments. Uh, shout out to Keita Murray. Keita's from L.A., and he always helps us out in L.A. And, and keeps us up to date, which is fantastic. And then we had the Kobe colorway and the Wrestling is Gay shirts for the Friday show, which, like, sorry, y'all, they all sold out. I only can buy so many purple tie-dye shirts. 
Matt Brannigan showed up. You don't know Matt Brannigan. Maybe people listening don't know Matt Brannigan. But Matt Brannigan is an indie wrestler. He just moved to L.A. from, you know, the Midwest. But he also has an OnlyFans. And he's, like, one of the only wrestlers who will, like, show full dongle and really go for it. And I know this because he was like, here's a free trial. Check it out, bro. Which, like, the confidence level of, like, please come check out my OnlyFans. It's a very confident thing, you know. But no credit card required. You know, take a peek. It's We, we obviously had a conversation he said, can I get one of those shirts, man? And they're like selling like cake. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can. But you got to do an OnlyFans promo shot with it. Bro, the next morning, this dude straight up crops this shirt, cuts it up, hanging dongle. God bless Matt Brannigan. Y'all go subscribe if you're into that shit. I don't know. I don't know what you're into, but try it out. You know, you ever go to a food buffet and you're like, well, I've never tried mussels, but they might be good. And, you know, when you take things in, with an open mind, you never know what you're going to find that, that might work for you. You know, uh, we went to San Diego the next day. I did that at a whole foods once just thinking I was going to get, you know, like a bite to eat, you know, like maybe five, six, $7. I walk up, waited out. It was $40. <laughs> How big of a container are you talking? <laughs> Obviously, I didn't. I didn't understand how the yeah the it's weight some of that food would work. Uh, but see, AJ will get mad at me. My boyfriend will get mad at me if we go do that because I'll be like, "Don't get corn. You're paying eight ninety nine a pound for corn. No, only get shrimp and and barbacoa, baby. If we're gonna pay eight ninety nine a pound, we need to know what's eight ninety nine a pound." And he's like, "Just let me eat what I want." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, fine. You can eat what you want." Uh, Sandy, it took us four hours to get to San Diego, dude. The traffic, it was literally standstill traffic the Goodness. whole time. Five of us. I rode with the whole production team down there. But, dude, once you get into San Diego, you really don't give a shit anymore. The drive down's pretty beautiful, but four hours in a car is, like, a lot. We got to San Diego, dude. We're down at Ocean Beach. And don't get it twisted. Like, there's some, there's some questionable parts of this area. But there's also some really, really beautiful parts of this area. And we set up to do the show outdoors. Like... They have these building segments. You can go out so- outdoors with these building segments. And the show is like the San Diego promotion Fist that's run by an evil clown named Dirty Ron McDonald. And I filmed a short film with him last year, but it, it hasn't come out yet. Um, and he said it's going to be Fist versus GCW. So it's all our crew, most of our core crew, and then uh, his core crew battling it out. And it's outdoors, and it's beautiful, and there's a lot of just people wandering around. I went down to the beach. I ate a bunch of fresh papaya. I ate a bunch of fresh poke from the from the poke place. Not like poke, like go get a poke bowl. Like here's scoops of tuna and mango and spices and seasoning in a container, like the real deal. And it was magic. I drank too much iced coffee, but I still had a match. And something that's magic about being Effie right now is there's a lot of times where I'm put with opponents who like Too Cold Scorpio are really legendary or have history in this business or are very well known. And they're going, how's this going to work against Effie? But there's this new thing that I'm loving because I run these LGBTQ focused shows of people bringing me in and going, you don't really know about this person yet. We're going to put you with them and see what you think. And so I was against this dude, Honest John, right? Honest John, the only Honest John. And I've seen this man do a couple things on some like spot shows, you know, and one of them, he's just trying to get people to shake his hand. He's got his fingers crossed, which sounds simple, but it's very effective stuff. If you're, if you're working that kind of TV, but I was like, all right, let's feel this out. And like, I get 
and I've been there, you know, if you're earlier in your wrestling career, you've got a match against someone with a little bit of notoriety or whatever. It's like, it's a big deal. You want to make sure it goes well. And I sort of stormed in there after being up for, you know, two days or whatever. And was like, look, baby, we're going to call this. They will be fine. I love it. Let's have a moment, breathe. I'm going to go eat poke and papaya and we'll talk. And by the time we got over there, it was like, it was easy flowing, baby flowing. Nice. This, they only did five matches on the show, thank God. So they were like, take your time. You know, we don't have 10 matches here. I go out. This boy is over like Rover in San Diego. They are loving him. He is riffing with me. We are playing it back and forth. The match is free on YouTube if you look up GCW versus Fist. And he said, if I'm putting my, my championship on the line, which he did, his Fist TV title, he put it up for grabs. So if I'm putting my championship on the line, you got to give me something if, if, if uh, I win. It's okay. I said, I'll invite you to a big gay brunch. I don't know which one, but I'll invite you to a big, if you can beat me, invite you to a big gay brunch. Well, I think I got distracted because he's, I mean, pretty built, looking pretty rowdy, you know, sneaking some, sneaking some little work kisses in there, hit me with his butt. That boy rolled me up and I didn't even know what happened and he beat me. So he's got to come to a big gay brunch now. Oh shit. Honest John. And listen, I like ambiguity and honest John is someone who doesn't tell you straight what's going on and I love it. Uh, but we'll be seeing more of Honest John in the future for sure. He really, he stole my heart a little bit. He was fantastic. Oh. He, he really put in the work and he trusted me. To get guys to just trust me, oh, it's the biggest thing. Wait, I, I always say, wait till they find out we're actually on a tag team. <laughs> but San Diego is perfect. We ended up going uh, to this Irish bar. And we're all hanging out, we're all chilling, and guess who shows up but Honest John, right? And he said, oh, we figured we'd come up here and hang out. So we're all talking, you know, we're all chilling around the tables, all the wrestlers, and I said, all right, bro, I got to get my win back. Let's play pool. He said, okay. He said, I don't really play pool that much. That's what they always say, right? So I go in, we're just chatting, regular pool game, but I start getting up. Like, I'm, I get down to, like, I got to put this eight ball in and call my shot, and he's got four or five balls on the table, you know? I missed the eight, and this motherfucker hits every ball in, snatches that eight in, and says, damn, I guess we got to have a rematch down the line. He beat me twice in a night, dude, damn. and both times it was like out of nowhere, out of nowhere, twice in a night. It was insane. Now, one thing I skipped over here that I think is important. At the end of the show, Dirty Ron McDonald, who's a clown, he was fighting Nick Gage, who's the king and God of this shit. One of my favorite people. And I got to hang out with him even after the show. We were just talking and it's so good to talk to Nick Gage because he will always test you. He'll always make sure that you're ready and that you're ready to go. And it fires you up. But I saw him getting beat up by this clown and the clown's hitting him with a chain. The clown's doing all this. And then this dumb clown puts Nick Gage on a table and he climbs to the roof. And I was like, fuck this shit. So I climb up to the roof of this building and I start wailing on this clown with a chair and this clown's bleeding pretty good already. So I pop him in the mouth and he gets dizzy. And the way this roof is like, it's like a curved roof. Like I thought I was going to flop off on top of him. Cause I just couldn't, it's, it was a little, I don't know. I'm not scared of heights per se, but it is a little confusing for my brain to be up that high and leaning forward. I tossed this clown off the roof. He went through one of the tables. The other one, I kind of clipped him, um, you know, and, and Nick Gage won the match. Uh, but I called, I called AJ before that and my boyfriend, not AJ Gray. 
And I said, what are you doing tonight, baby? And he goes, oh, I'm at Music Midtown. We're seeing the Jonas Brothers. And I was like, what a fun couple we are in the same night that he gets to go out to the music festival and see the Jonas Brothers play, burning up, you know, a little bit longer. And I'm over here throwing a clown off a damn roof in the middle of San Diego. And it's like, see you soon, baby. See you soon. Uh, Luckily, uh, and I'm going to, I don't know if I ever brought this up. I heard a woman the other day go, Oh, I can't believe I have to fly Delta. And I was like, what are you flying that's better than Delta? Delta's the only one who rarely fucks it up for me. And they yeah. let me change my shit. It, I was flying back Delta. They let me switch my flight. So I didn't have to go back to LA, which was gorgeous. And I could stay in San Diego. So like I said, we went out on a Sean beat my ass in pool. And then we chilled. And I said, let's get to the airport. Matt Justice drove me to the airport with Mance, with AJ, with Curly Joe. Shout out Curly Joe. And... I got on that damn plane and I went back to Atlanta and you know why I went back to Atlanta, Peter, you know why I went back so quick? Cause you were there. This is where the conversation is going to get a little different than me just talking at you, you know, because I gotta, I gotta get your vibes on some of this shit. You know what I mean? I gotta feel what your vibes are. I got a promoter calling me right now that I could name, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just looking at the phone. You're looking at the phone. I'm not going to tell you what promoters calling me but I wish him well. The most wrestling that I've seen was sitting on your couch and you showing me a couple of death matches. Yes. Which my experience of watching those is they were very dark and hard to look at, but, but you don't mean dark and hard to look at like, Oh, there's, there's violence. You mean dark and hard to look at? Like, could y'all light this a little better? Yeah. That was the funniest thing to me was I put on this death match and I, I think you were with Will the first time, our good buddy, Will, and y'all were kind of talking amongst each other and y'all were just talking like, why don't they set the camera up here? Why isn't the lighting here? Why don't they, uh, why, why don't they, you know, move this angle a slight bit? So flash forward to seeing first real wrestling event. Will was also there. And that is the first thing that we did was shit on the lighting as soon as we rolled up. <laughs> I will say that venue was very weird, but it kind of like gave me some. Def Jam Vendetta energy. Yeah. And so I think by the time I got out to wrestle, I was in like real fuck it mode, but it wasn't like a bad fuck it mode. Just kind of like, what a weird day. So let's set this up. I get back into Atlanta. I drive up to the house. I do what I can. And I get back on the road to get to this show. And I'm in a tag team championship match with my good bud, Ashton Starr. This is Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. They've Done a lot of shows. Drag race with on your couch before. I forgot that you knew Ashton Star. Y'all hadn't met before. Yeah. Okay. Even Uh, better that you. Yeah, I've met him. I met him one time. I remember we watched a drag race, and then another time I think we also watched drag race. (laughs) We do like watching drag race. It's the closest thing to pro wrestling that AJ, my boyfriend, will agree to. Uh, And so it gets the. No, he likes wrestling a little bit. He's. I watch a little, but we do watch a lot of Drag Race. And now they've got Drag Race Holland and Drag Race Australia and Drag Race UK and Drag Race Spain and Italy's the coming UK and Canada. Is a is a Lynchian nightmare. Because it's the language of the British and the language of the gay, and so it's this constant sort of barrage of confusion. And the production designer on that season decided that like, oh, it's British, so like we we can't be boring, so it's just oranges and reds <laughs> the entire so like everyone just looks like they're glowing. <laughs> it is very vibrant. And those people look wild out of drag and in drag. So it's kind of a constant yeah. 
It's constant. But okay, so y'all had met, but this this was like, and this was, I talked with the promoter about this. I said, don't do this in Austell next time. But I know they got this good venue there now, but it's hard to convince people to drive 30 minutes outside of the city when it's called Atlanta Wrestling. But I got them to do it. He said, you know, the second you put the posters up and put the shit up, we sold 15 tickets. I said, I know. You got to tell me so I can tell people. And this is my note to all promoters. Promote me. Not to, This isn't to AWE. They did fine, and we did fine, and everything was great. But if you know I'm coming, make it easy for me to tell people that I'm coming. Uh, but you came out. One of our neighbors, Troy, uh, mm-hmm. who we used to live with, came out. Will came out. And we were the main event. There was a lot of other matches on the show. Uh, what do you think about the length of professional wrestling shows? What's your call? I It wasn't... It really wasn't too long. The The fact that there was no setup time in between. Right. They took one break the entire night, which was actually nice. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't... Because, I mean, my experience is like going to shows and then it's, you know, 30, 45 minutes in between bands setting yes. up and everything. And the fact that it was like a fluid show. You kind of don't have time to go, oh, how long are we going to be here? Yeah. I did get tired, though. You're telling me. <laughs> like, before you... There, there, the, there was one or two. I'm not going to name them, but I don't remember them because I zoned out completely in the yeah. middle. I get it. Um, it wasn't till the, of course, like it wasn't till the twins, like only female tag the team. The renegade match, twins like, and the tag to. team match. That was Hell the, yeah. The funny part too is the security guard that was the only one that he came. The only two matches that he came out and like stood ringside to yeah. watch was that one and yours. <laughs> I get it. I get it though. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm an entertainer. They are entertainers. And they were bringing the energy in there. Like, they're new to the game, but they also understand, like, we have a cool look. We're badasses. Let's let's get on mm-hmm. it and let's see what happens. So shout out Renegade Twins. I watched one of their matches on my show last night, and in the middle of it, I was riffing. And I was like, I really went on a tangent about the core of pro wrestling. And so their footage was me doing this, and it's getting all this play on Twitter now. So good for them. I love it. Uh, when there's that many people in a match like we had... When there's eight people in a match, you have four tag teams, me and Ashton, Young, Dumb, and Broke, Adrian Armour and DeCap, baby. Owen, what up? I love you. You got Matthews and Chip Day. There's a lot going on, but it is elimination. Was it easy enough to follow the progression of the match? Did it make sense? No. Good. There was nothing that translated as far as any kind of progression or story or anything. Like, we really had to, like, suggest from what was happening. Uh, It's hard with eight people, my man. Yeah. But Uh, we won. That's the story. the, The thing that made the biggest difference was, and this is, this is one of those frustrating things that you can't, like, really quantify, but y'all's energy was way different than everyone else like i came up to will like right after y'all came out and i was like did you fucking feel that shit the entire everything changed as soon as we shifted the room yeah completely uh i love that i live for that that's what i try to do every goddamn night i walk out i always tell people and i i really i really have to stop preluding things with i hope i don't sound like a diva but i hope i don't sound like a diva by saying like I in my head, whether I'm in the main event spot or not, I'm the main event of every show I'm on. 
And so like, if I can't fully shift the room into my favor, like, what am I doing? If I can't fully bring that energy in a, in a different direction, what am I doing? If it doesn't shift when I enter, why am I there? I don't think that's you're, you're saying you want the show to be the best that you can possibly make it. Yeah. I want that energy shift. I want to have it. I need it. Peter, you took some incredible pictures Sunday night. I just got to say, tell me what was the line you gave me about how you shot it? Like an 80s action movie. And it looked like, I felt like I was in Roadhouse looking through these pictures. It was some of the most fun I've had shooting an event just because of like how fucking unpredictable the whole thing was. Like you were on the floor, off to the side. Yeah. Uh, Sell down, brother. It was really, yeah, it was. I was was flying into the ring out of nowhere, just doing my games, playing it up. I was having fun. Uh, the guys who were the tag champs, Young, Dumb, and Broke, a.k.a. Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor, because there's many uh, members of that crew, uh, I was like, what are y'all doing after this show? They were like, I don't know. So we were like, let's go get food, and I'll drop y'all at the hotel. And I just like this. This seems like a sad note to end on, but I just want to be clear with everyone that like we're. I, I'm a little concerned about the full global economic collapse uh, fairly shortly. Uh, which is fine, and I'm going to keep being effy. It just, you know, I may be leading like a Mad Max style crew instead of always performing uh, on HD. We'll see where it goes. We went to three Waffle Houses, my man, three, and all three of these Waffle Houses had the doors locked and were closed because no one was there. Oh my goodness! This that's like it's like uh, disastrous. And so I'm looking at these dudes like, what is happening? Because I'm like. When I'm in their town, when I'm in Philly or New Jersey or wherever, these you know these guys take care of me. When they're in my town, I want to take care of them. Let's go get some waffles. Let's eat. Yeah. No chance, dude. Three of them are closed. So I said, fuck it. We'll go to IHOP. Yo, this IHOP was open for online orders only. You couldn't even walk in and put in a takeout order. You had to literally download the app and do a full online download order thing. And I was like, what is what is happening in our nation? And it's because nobody wants to deal with shitty employers anymore. They're over that shit. So you know what? God bless. We didn't get to eat Waffle House. We got IHOP from the online order. I tipped her extremely well. Bought those boys some good dinner. Took them to the hotel. Employers have to step their shit up because we're human beings. If I can't get Waffle House and it's because you treated people like shit, then I don't need Waffle House if you're going to treat people like shit. They got to be better. We got to look after our worker. We got to stand in solidarity. We don't need to eat these Pokemon Oreos if there's going to be a strike. I'm just saying it. <laughs> what? what? There was an Nabisco strike for Oreo, and the workers stood in solidarity and won and unionized. And... But they put out the Pokemon Oreos right when that was going on, right when the strike was happening. Oh, collect all 16. You got to buy a bunch of them. And people go, oh, I want the Pokemon Oreos. And I go, we can't have the Pokemon Oreos till the strike's over. When the strike's done, when they get what they want, we'll eat the Pokemon Oreos. We will not eat them during the strike. And the strike is over, so maybe you can go get them now. But listen, we got to look out for people. They're working too hard. And I, you know, I maybe I'm saying this from a selfish place because my in my mind, if our economy's good, if people have jobs, people have jobs they enjoy, they can have more money to come spend on frivolous shit like Effie and Effie shirts and seeing Effie in person or buying an Effie pay-per-view. And so this shit all, uh, it doesn't trickle down until everyone is good. The, the, it doesn't trickle down from the top. It trickles down from everyone. Everyone has to trickle. We're all trickling together. We're in a trickle squad. So 
I don't know. I hope I hope that gets better, but I, you know, it's probably going to get worse first. How many billionaires are there now? Too many. How many people did John Wick kill in that first movie? These are separate questions. These have nothing to do with each probably, other. Probably, probably more than there are billionaires. I wouldn't. I, I'm not going to conflate those two things or put them together in any way. Those were two very separate questions for me. But it, it's it wouldn't take that long, would it? <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Peter, you, and you wouldn't need two sequels or the, the fourth one either. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if, you, if if somehow it gets worse, you, there's three of them, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out Keanu Reeves. I Sh- love him. Shout out indeed. What a legend. They told me I need to start putting my shit over better at the end of these. Okay, like, go go for it. I'm going to try. Okay, everything's Effie Lives. Uh, if you uh, want to book me to come to your place, you got to go to EffieLives.com. You got to fill out the form. If you want shirts, use Pro Wrestling Tea slash Effie Lives. Or wrestling is dot gay, or sports are dot gay, or football is dot gay. Those all go to me, baby. You can follow me on Twitter. Where now? Hold on a second. I actually have to address this. I hope people didn't turn this off yet. This motherfucker, Zach Ryder. You know who Zach Ryder is? No. I asked the same question to my boyfriend last night, and he said he came in and said something. He goes, "Who is Michael Cardona?" And I go, "It's actually Matt Cardona." But it's funny you ask because he was asking the same thing about me today. I, I tried to address this the best way possible. I will shit talk this dude all day asking who I am. I found an old piece of uh, Twitter information of him saying what kind of dipshit or what kind of idiot chokeslams a kid, you know, and that's about me because I chokeslam that kid. So really, I've been on his mind for a few years, it seems, and now he won't shut the fuck up. He got beat by Nick Gage. He won't shut the fuck up. Got, or I guess he got beat by John Moxley. He didn't get beat by Gage. Sorry, Gage. And he's just shit talking me. And everybody's like, oh, when is this match going to happen? But like, let me be clear with you, Peter. I have a real rule. This is my rule. It's 1.5 to 1, okay? I don't care if you make more than Effie for the match. I don't give a fuck. But if you're making more than 1.5 to 1 off Effie, no. I'm not agreeing to that situation because I know what I have. Now listen, I I got 25,000 followers. It's not the most followers in the world. It's a lot of followers to me. And they're people who've actually chosen to follow me, right? Like it's not, nobody bought my shit. Nobody put me on TV. Nobody gave me the, you know, company rub. Nobody gave me the fucking, uh, the secret, you know, there's guys with a thousand followers who work for all these companies that they're verified and they go, I'm verified. And it's like, yeah, cause you, there's a guy looking out for you. I don't have that guy. I don't need that guy. I have organic clout. And even at this small level, all these motherfuckers realize it and they're all, they're all gamuted up. Uh, I'm not just going to give it to him for free, Peter. And I'm happy to do whatever. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a professional wrestler, professional wrestler. But I'm not just going to go fight some dude if he's making all that cash just so he can get a little rub and keep himself interesting. They weren't coming to see Matt Cardona in Atlantic City. They were coming to see Nick Gage cut Matt Cardona's throat open. That's why they paid for the ticket. So, like, I've seen other indie shows advertise, oh, here comes Matt Cardona and his friend Brian, who's never won a match or whatever, who I also pinned in the ring. And they don't draw like us. They don't have the energy like us. They don't get the clout like us. They don't put on like us. And so now I know, of course I know why this motherfucker's trying to goad me. He wants me to go, Brett, you better give me a match with this guy. You better let me have this guy's throat. And I'm just here to say, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to match. I want to hurt him. I want to emotionally traumatize him. I want to rip him to shreds on a microphone and say, hey, Matt, Hey, internet champ. Hey, YouTube guy. 
his big thing was he got over on YouTube while he was signed to WWE, big YouTube show. And since he got over on his own, since he went and did his own thing while he was working for the company, they were like, kibosh that shit. So they had everybody kick him in the nuts. They had his girlfriend cheat on him with John Cena. They had the monster Kane push him off a of stage. So this dude got buried and buried. And like eventually they let him win a ladder match in front of his dad or something at WrestleMania. But they buried him for 14 years. And now he's out on the indies. And I'm like, Dog, we see what you're doing. You're clout fishing. You're clout fishing heavy. And it's fine. Wrestling is clout fishing. I get it. But all I'm saying, emotions aside, y'all got to put it through my people and y'all got to pay me motherfucking money. Because I know that boy makes money. I know that boy makes a lot of money. I want that money, Peter. Hi, it's Effie from the internet. And if you want me to come and give you clout, you give me motherfucking currency. Okay, and so Twitter, that's where you can follow me, Effie Lives, and uh, Twitch every Monday night, Monday Night Raw, 8 p.m., the best independent wrestling in the world. What do you, you got anything else to add, Peter? What's the final thought? You got to actually come out there and see me and the dregs of it after two days of getting my ass kicked. How many times did I fall on my fucking back? Who knows? My final, okay, my final takeaway on from seeing you, and this was something I was not worried about or concerned about maybe a tiny bit anxious about going into it making eye contact with you after you were done and coming around i didn't like it because there was about five seconds of you reconfiguring back into taylor from like whatever the fuck werewolf came out on stage so you caught it you were aware yeah Yeah. because the couple times i made eye contact with you it During wasn't the match. It wasn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. Now we've talked about this, and I've been slightly public about it. But yeah, I mean, it's not always me in there, man. I'm not gonna BS you, but it's fine. That's what I've agreed to. You know, I can't sit here and explain that to everyone who compliments me. Though, oh, you're a great wrestler. I'm gonna be like, there's some fucking dark shit, baby. There's some dark shit in there. You don't you understand? I don't even know what's happening anymore. Uh, yeah, so good. I'm glad that's, that's actually a really good final thought. That's going to leave him with a real cliffhanger here. It's weekend at Effie's, man. It's going to keep running. The next few weeks I have, dude, next week, emo fights in New York, GC dub in New York, Minneapolis, Minnesota fighting a serial killer in a basement. I swear to God, the Carver, dude, he wears ears around. Oh my God. Uh, the week after that, dude, I got, uh, oh my God, dude, I'm going to Connecticut to do best trivia ever wrestling with Danhausen and Lex Luger and Zicky Dice. I'm going to Origins Con, which is a tabletop board game con because I've been added to the SRG universe in Columbus, Ohio. I uh, may make another surprise appearance in Ohio. I don't know yet. And then I'm going to St. Louis on Sunday, getting crazy. I have three full flights St. Louis Sunday, so I hope that adds to stories. Uh, two in the morning through Atlanta and then out to St. Louis and back that night. I'm going to try to be home by 11 o'clock at night after glory pro. So come, if you're coming to glory pro, please come hang out with me quickly. Cause I'm getting out of there. Hopefully we got a lot of shit coming up, my man. And then Atlantic city, we got, what's the other one? Pittsburgh. We got coming up. We got, I can't even remember. I, there's so much stuff happening. There's so much stuff happening. I am taking one weekend off. What weekend are you taking off? Uh, Let's, I think, no, I'm not taking it off anymore. I just filled it up. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I filled the schedule. I didn't believe it. <laughs> I'll be all over, though. We're doing it. 